Good afternoon and Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to Wayang Got What, your film podcast discussing current films hitting your local cinemas and whether you should or should not watch them. Wayang Got What is a weekly show reviewing films currently and on top of that, we would be talking film news and technologies. Priorities would be given to local films, regional and then international in order. And you are with me, Jim. I am a screenwriter by profession, a producer by association and a film lover by passion. And of course, your host for the next one hour. Welcome again to Wayang Got What. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Just a flesh wound. Wax on, hat. Wax off. I know Kung Fu. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. And we're back on Wayang Got What, your film podcast. And today you're with me, Jim, and we have a guest, Norel and Chill. Hi. Check out her Instagram. It's called Norel and Chill. She reviews film and TV currently. And some of them are pretty old films as well in your Instagram, right? Yeah, just anything that I'm watching. It's a very personal page, um, but I think... It just comes from somebody who just enjoys watching stories about people. Um, I tend to avoid, or maybe just films that you've missed. You know, films and TV shows that you may not have heard like of. Like independent films? Yeah. And um, I, I avoid, like, Avengers because obviously I know everyone is going to watch mm-hmm. it. You know? Um, so it's just movies that may have flown under your radar. Cool, cool. So look it up. She's based in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can just slide her... Uh, a DM if you want her to review your favorite film. Yeah, slide into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Send request in text. Yes. No picture. <laughs> yes, please no pictures. <laughs> um, so uh, I did mention that we'll be talking about Ad Astra, but before that, let's talk about Motif. Because mm-hmm. I saw the poster. Uh, Motif is a film by Nadia Hamza. Correct. Local. Mm-hmm. And it's about, it's a murder mystery film. Yes. You watched it. Yes, I have. I hadn't watched it. It, mm-hmm. it came out on the 26th. Correct. So tell us about it. What was the story about? Motif is essentially about a quite young female detective uh, from KL who is sent over to Tanamera in Kelantan, correct? Um, to work on a case where a, the rich girl of the town, or the rich daughter, um, is has, has disappeared. And um, she joins the, the police department and searches for her. And it's played by Sharifa Amani. Mm-hmm. And it stars Roshamno. By the way, it's Dato Roshamno. But it's cool, you're yep, Singaporean. Please, yeah, uh, please forgive me. <laughs> forgiven, I hope. Um, what do you think of the film? Um, it was. It took me by surprise. Um, again, I think similar to Sankara, like I went into it not knowing anything, mm-hmm. which I think is always a plus. And um, I found the story to be very fulfilling. But uh, again, not a perfect film. Many things that could have made it so much better than it. I think it was uh, executed. Um, predominantly, I would say, like, my main criticism revolves around, like, the editing of the film a little bit because I found that it, it did affect the storytelling at times. Like, it didn't understand, you know, pacing where it was too fast when we needed it to we needed it to sink in. Okay. And then it was too slow when it was not necessary. Therefore, you didn't really know how to follow along and what was important. So, the... The emotional narrative of the story is somewhat distorted by the by the lack of focus in the scenes. Is that how you're saying it? A little bit. It's it's not even like the emotional um, balance. It was more of the the plot lines. Okay. You know, like for especially when it comes to murder mystery, you mm-hmm. have to follow along and try to be the detective yourself and mm-hmm. like 
figure out what goes where. And there were points where you wouldn't, by the end, you almost like, oh, I missed that part because of when in, during that scene, yeah. it was so quick that I didn't know I needed to take that in. Right. Little things like that. Like the, like the details were almost like blown over. And maybe that was part of the mystery, but it could have hit me deeper as an audience member, I guess. I think you have a good point because in a murder mystery, you kind of like want to serve everything to the audience mm-hmm. and let them think as well. Mm-hmm. And you must allow them the space to speculate. Mm-hmm. And uh, hence why you have to give them time to mm-hmm. digest and give them options. Yeah. So is that offered in the film? It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to follow along fine. It's not that it was too short of a movie or anything yeah. like that. It was just more of... Um, suddenly things would happen and you'd be like did i miss something or did i did that just like speed through just certain character establishments um certain setting establishments they, that just kind of got lost on you a little bit um but overall i think the substance of the film mm-hmm. is something that you shouldn't miss because rarely do we find like murder mystery stories in malaysia directed by women led by women and as well like it is quite a female centered storyline that is isn't necessarily on purpose um in the end it's about like female intuition because the de- detective ends up going rogue you know on her own investigation because people don't agree with her methods but when really she has like her own personal intuition to the investigation this is the lady played by Sharifa Amani yes correct how was it how was the performance she's great um to me uh-huh. like she has been really really good in everything i've seen her in mm-hmm. um she's a very convincing actress mm-hmm. she can play very different people okay and i think they casted her because she has that that umph like you you believe that she could be a detective you believe she could be a mom you can believe she could be a wife mm. um and yet she's not too distracting sometimes i find that a lot of uh actresses she's not imposing her. yes She's not afraid to look ugly and uh, or like be an ugly character mm-hmm. which I think is such an important element to um well not an important element but like something that's very much missing mm-hmm. from Malaysian movies. Okay. The actresses always must be very pristine. They must be perfect. Okay. And Sharifa Amani is usually she doesn't mind. Like she can play anything. Well, that's a, that's a mark of a good actor, of yeah. a great actor actually. Mm-hmm. And was the energy matched by Datuk Roshamno? Yes. Um, uh-huh. I would say so. He plays that perfect like Malay dad uh-huh. <laughs> that has a lot of power. Um, and yeah, I think like it's like you said in on your live show that we haven't seen him on screen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see someone who is almost a legend in Malaysian film and TV kind of make a small comeback in mm-hmm. such a very cool independent film. I think that's another thing. It's a very cool movie. Okay, I'm going to watch it. The, the shameful part about the film is that I don't think it's being distributed enough and and I don't think it opens in a lot of cinemas. Mm-hmm. But whoever is listening to this, go and watch it. Yeah. You, you should catch it. It's it's a local films. I'm and I'm I'm all for local films. I think we should support them. Yeah. Um, support your local film female filmmakers too. And yeah, and your female filmmakers too. We're going for a short break and before that I would like to thank our sponsor Voices of Subanjaya, the radio station that allowed us this recording session. When we are back, we'll be talking about Ad Astra and what everyone is asking about and talking about Hustler. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. A Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Just a flesh wound. Wax on, hat. Wax off. I know kung fu. Yippee ki motherfucker. 
Hi everybody, peace be upon you. You're still with us, me and Noriel and Chill, and we are talking films. And the new films that we're going to talk about is... Ad Astra. By Brad Pitt. No, it's not by Brad Pitt, but you know, you have... <laughs> there's Brad Pitt in it. When, yes. Whenever I see the, the poster of Ad Astra, they mm-hmm. stress on Brad Pitt more yep. than it does uh, about James Gray. I think his name yes. is James Gray. correct. Um, but then again, you can't blame the, the promoters because James Gray is probably more famous in... Can film festival than the Oscar, mm-hmm. and you know the mark of a they, good. They kind of almost go hand in hand now. I feel. Can and uh, and the Academy Awards. Not specifically Can, but Can is like the pinnacle of festival films, and yeah. then it seems that like if you're in a festival, mm-hmm. you therefore have a chance at the Oscar. Um, I feel like the Oscars tend to, like. To favor. To, yeah, festival films because they think that it has more substance. But at the same time, you can see that like when Black Panther was nominated last year, people went crazy, even though it was like one of the biggest films of the year. Mm, I, I do, I do find films in uh, directors in the film festivals like Cannes, mm-hmm. those that want to pump the ore. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the directors that actually kind of like orchestrate a lot more diversity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at Astra is a story of Major McBride. Mm-hmm an astronaut for the US space company who is summoned by the government to find his father who he thought had died but actually is still alive mm-hmm. in deep space so what is deep space guys um deep space according to NASA is anything beyond 2 million kilometer from the earth surface mm-hmm. anyway the journey to his own father is filled with emotions and hardships and flashbacks the space in this film is the new wild wild west i dare say and yeah, things are I different, agree. people are different, and you follow him as he tried to reach his father. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the film? Um, it, t- it took me by surprise. I think when I went into it, I was very much expecting just like, you know, Brad Pitt in space. <laughs> and I was like, it's just going to be me staring at Brad Pitt <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in the end, I found that the story was very surprising. I think when it comes to like solo astronauts in space sometimes it can get like a bit lethargic like yeah. we've seen it so many times yeah. but I, I I really enjoyed the idea of you know Brad Pitt's character who won as an astronaut mm-hmm. you have to be emotionally untapped right mm-hmm. you have to be super closed off as a human being mm-hmm. and we saw a little bit of that like in a space another space movie First Man which I don't know if you saw with Ryan Gosling um, Ryan Gosling yeah he plays about one guy in the in the spaceship, just one guy in the spaceship, and no, no, no. Uh, that wasn't that's, the first man. That's not first man. That's uh, the Martian with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. First, first man <laughs> <laughs> is um, uh, Ryan Gosling who plays Neil Armstrong, and they go to the moon. So it was the, okay. the, the moon landing. But it touches both movies. Kind of touch on the idea that like how prepared and almost like you have to be the most strongest of humans to be able to be an astronaut. You know, mm-hmm. like to to make sure that you are the most emotionally stable person mm-hmm. on Earth to be yeah. able to go out of Earth. And it shows it is it's constantly apparent throughout the film that everyone have to stay calm. Yeah, it doesn't quite matter if you're dying, mm-hmm. if your spacecraft is you know mm-hmm. is slanting uh, during landing, you stay calm. Yep. When they were landing in Mars, yeah, everybody knows that they were dying, but everyone was calm. Yeah. With and just a few seconds to go. Especially when. In a situation so hectic where the in the movie the universe yeah. um, is undergoing 
I think what they call it a surge, a power surge. A power surge. Yeah, which is solar been, storm, somewhat. Yes, which was triggered by the mission that Brad Pitt's father went to go fix, and then it started a whole problem in the solar system. Yeah, and that that mission uh-huh. started the power surge, and so Brad Pitt has to go fix what his father couldn't. And yes. I found that to be very symbolic. Yeah, it's a different take on like the whole you know family story yeah, father the, son the, the scenes of the father i think yeah. i think it was very clear the film feels like a prayer mm-hmm. to me it feels like a prayer um very solemn very solemn very film. much uh, but the thing about the film on why i think it's good is that it avoids the traditional high concept style of every other film uh space film like mm-hmm. uh, interstellar where you actually you know uh, explores all these high concept about time how to bend time space mm-hmm. and speed no actually the, the 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 actual story is about a father son dynamic yeah and and how how, how what the Malay call rindu Mm-hmm. Which is I I miss my dad yeah and that's it I I want to see him and it's heartbreaking you know to to just hear the father say I never loved you anyway mm-hmm. at the end spoiler uh, spoiler <laughs> alert I I'm very sorry about that to people <laughs> I'm so sorry guys but you know to to have all of this journey to kill so many people in 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 the way and to to find your dad mm-hmm. for him to say I never love you. Mm-hmm. And then he cried on the side of his face mm-hmm. and kept calm. Yeah, was <laughs> saying that was the power yeah. source of power. I I don't know. I feel like the film deserve more credit, and it's not doing too 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 well uh, in mm-hmm. the box office. I I remember yeah. they're, they're barely making fifty million. Yeah, globally. I feel like the movie to compare it to has to be Interstellar. Not only just because it's another space film, but it's mm-hmm. the idea that like in a situation that's mm-hmm. very scientific, it's it's sci-fi and it's fantasy. Yeah. In the end, space for us is something that we still cannot touch, right? Okay. And it's a it's a fantasy setting that one thing that will bring you home lit in a you know in a subjective sense mm-hmm. is love. And Interstellar, that was its moral. But what I think Ad Astra did so much better with the theme of love is mm-hmm. that is the idea that love doesn't necessarily mean that it will last forever, but and also doesn't mean that love is always in family. Especially with the idea that his character cannot tap into any emotion whatsoever, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even understand the concept of love, mm-hmm. as we see with his relationship with his wife, in the in the relationships that we see with himself yeah um he just can't get to that level and the fact that his own father doesn't even reciprocate anything mm-hmm. um was almost like the nicest redemption to that story it was nice that like the lead character did not actually need the love to move on it mm-hmm. was the idea that like oh sometimes it's just not love at all yeah But, i think i think it makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I just feel like the film probably suffers from maybe it's a bit too quiet and it's a, and we delve too deep into his emotion that there's very little action that people are getting visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean when you watch the trailer, you see all these you know tires flying, the moon surface and stuff. Yeah. But when you watch it, no, it's actually a just you're going inside his head. Yep. And into his heart. Mm-hmm. And then you watch his rebirth, mm-hmm. his baptism by fire, right, right after he he came out from the water. I don't I don't get the whole Mars thing, but maybe that's just scientific. I think with the Mars storyline was that in this in this universe, yeah, or in this um, yeah, in this setting, I uh-huh. guess, like in this movie, in this film setting, the idea that we as a society have already reached Mars, there is space for us mm-hmm. on Mars. So Mars is like a pit stop on the way to everywhere else. 
Okay. You know, it's like it's like a border before you reach any other part of the solar system. Yeah, I think it was the idea that he had to be brought to Mars because Mars had enough space to investigate the Neptune situation with right. Tommy Lee Jones. Right, right. Further. Because I think like Earth is too far. So Mars had a had a had a um what do you call those places? The space yeah. station. Space station, that's it. They um they had a space station that was able to research the the power surge and the Tommy Lee Jones like being missing in Neptune. <laughs> um because they were much closer to Neptune than Earth is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you notice that nothing is ever wasted in the show. Mm-mm. You don't see a wasted character. You don't yeah. see people who comes and have no bearings on the story or on the character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a father on a mission and and the son who's paying the sins of the father, mm-hmm. which is somewhat... I don't... That is the only thing I question. It's obvious that he doesn't love his son. So why does it matter for the son to go and save the father? What, what do you think it matters? I feel like technically we are not sure whether or not he doesn't care for his son. Obviously, we see through Brad Pitt's training mm-hmm. that he keeps having to check. Like as astronauts, mm-hmm. you have to check your emotional stability mm-hmm. every five seconds. Mm-hmm. You have to do like the the verification test or whatever, okay. making sure that you are okay to take a whole ship into space. You know, to be able to risk the lives of like for humanity's sake, you have to be completely neutral. You know, so technically we didn't know whether or not Tommy Lee Jones cared for his son. He must have missed his son, but it's that's that's the feeling I got. And it's like you just weren't sure what was going on through the father's head. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think it makes sense because they were out of wits, mm-hmm. so they were just assuming that he'll respond to the son. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they could have sent um, a message to to what was the the mission called? That's the thing, Lime Lime uh, Lime Lima Lima Project yes, Lima Lima Project and. Um, it's obvious that they had been sending uh, signals, mm-hmm. but they hadn't been getting anything. Right. Be- until, you know, you have that father. Mm-hmm. Are you listening? That that scene, mm-hmm. which I thought was just painful to watch. It was so difficult to watch. Yeah. Because you just, you, you, you made this man go through all of this traveling, all of this lying, yeah. just to use him, you know, just to torture him. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult to watch. It's heartbreaking, actually. Yeah, and it's it's the idea that astronauts mm-hmm. sacrifice so much and yet are thrown away. I think, especially in the U.S., I feel mm. like because um, we don't have a we don't have a space like what do you call it space department in yeah. Malaysia, right? Yeah. Like so in the U.S., like they do not get the almost like grandeur of like a of a like a national hero thing. Yes. Yeah. You're not a national heroes. hero if you are. An astronaut, but yeah, you know these are the people who's responsible, you know, for the internet. Yeah, you're you're only a hero when you die, when you're an astronaut, and that's really sad. That's really sad. Yeah, yeah. I I saw Buzz Aldrin's billboard mm-hmm. for Omega, and I'm I'm really happy because this guy actually risked his life. Yes. To go to space for us. Yeah. For the sake of you know human advancement, mm-hmm. and I watched it in IMAX, and I so thought I. it was a great experience, and I think if anyone is watching. At Astra, they should watch it in IMAX. It is the only way of watching At Astra. I watched it three times. Where do you watch it? I watched it in IMAX Singapore at Jewel. The new... uh, Have you heard of Jewel? No. Well, it's something Singapore is so proud of as a country. (laughs) (laughs) It's another mall, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, um, brought to you by Jewel. Yes. Thank you to our sponsor, um, Shaw Cinema IMAX. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so yeah, guys, go go and watch it. Yeah. Next film, the one that I even I'm I haven't spoken to uh, Noral about it yet. But Noral, please, please, please tell tell me, tell us what are we missing by not having watched Hustle. Um, yeah, Hustlers, uh, as many of you may know, has was recently banned in Malaysia uh-huh. for its content. Yeah. Um, a week before it was premiering, it actually they spent money on marketing this movie, oh and then it kind of went south. So I was happened to be in Singapore, and they are screening it there completely uncensored, and I watched it, and I. I'm not surprised why it was banned here when it comes to the, you know, regulation of what is shown and censorship board, I guess. That's, that's the right term. Uh, when it comes to the censorship board, it makes sense. And um, I respect their decision. So it's warranted? It, yeah, it makes sense. Um, right. How much how much skin are we looking at? Oh, if we censored this entire movie, so then we, Malaysian, like, Malaysian moviegoers could watch it, the movie would be about seven minutes. I am not kidding. <laughs> What's like what? Yeah, I mean it's not even about obviously the movie is about just a little synopsis. The movie is about a group of strippers okay who during the Wall Street crash in 2008 decide to scam and steal money from their Wall Street clients. So they are a very very exclusive club in the middle of New York City in the 2000s and yeah, they are because of the crash they lose their jobs as well and they end up in debt as strippers and because their career depend depends on um these very money hungry um customers mm-hmm. they decide to do what they can and okay. take the most money out of them when possible so one thing that i think was another big reason why it was banned in malaysia is that because the movie centers around a lot of drugs yeah. and there is just explicit scenes of drugs and sex and um obviously nudity and the entire scene as well is not something that you know we see in Malaysia it's not even like a underground scene mm-hmm. you know it's not something like like dark um is it like the wolf of wall street style of you know of decadent not as explicit Crass. And cheap, yeah, crass. Yeah, gra- crass is a perfect word for it. It's not as crass. Okay, everything that happens in the movie uh-huh. does go back to its story. It's not unnecessary. Okay, and I think that's what is also important. I think a lot of people dismiss this movie because they think that you know it's a movie about women s- stealing money from men and they're strippers and therefore it's taboo, you know. But really, it's a, it is. A career for a lot of women mm-hmm. and it you you see how much like this money can change a person's life like mm-hmm. it's a job okay and i think that people always dismiss it as a job it's not a choice somewhere right i mean they do they portray this as as a as a choice for these people would they be doing this in the film uh, i mean i'm sorry would they be doing this in real life if they have other jobs would this girl be you know strip, well, yeah. stripping that that's the thing there's so many different characters like female characters that play strippers in this movie that you see that some of them you know are forced uh-huh. into it okay but in the end a lot of them do it because they're stuck it's, yeah they, it's what they do is what they're good at okay um you make a lot of money from it that's what i learned really? from the movie really <laughs> wow i mean especially in the us and it's very believable i think when it comes to like um if you can do it mm-hmm. definitely do it Why not do it? Okay, and that is present in Jennifer Jennifer Lopez's performance. I can't say her name. Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> um, the, 
how much censorship does you know the Singaporean? You watch it in Singapore. Yeah. And uh, they didn't censor anything. Singapore cinema doesn't censor anything. No. Instead, what it does is that it it marks up the the age rating. So okay. I think it was 21 or 18. How many age ratings are there in Singapore cinema? So I'm pretty sure there's G. Which and then is there's, the general. Yeah, general. Um, or is it U? I can't remember. But it's one of those. Universal or general. Then there's PG-13. Okay. Um, 18 and okay. 21. So 21 means that you can vote and you can actually watch yes. Jennifer Lopez stripping. Yeah. Uh, but I think this movie is actually 18. I think 21 more centers around um, either homosexual storylines. Oh, okay. That's what the censorship is for. And I think heavy violence. So in Singapore cinema, if you want to watch films that's banned in Asia generally, mm-hmm. go to Singapore. Yeah. And really, no I, censorship. I don't remember the last time a movie was banned in Singapore, unless it has to do something with politics. The ne- rarely, it's usually that. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, yeah. It never really happens, but unless it has to do something heavily disrupting Singapore politics, mm-hmm. I think it would be banned. Wow, I'm so going to have to go to Singapore <laughs> to watch <laughs> Hustler yeah. and you know, and every other film that's that's mm-hmm. you know that's heavily censored in this country. So yeah, I guess you know, well, Wayang got what brought to you by. Singapore Airlines yeah. <laughs> and Jewel and IMAX Air Asia. <laughs> and Air Asia. I'm not sure if Air Asia actually stops in lands in Singapore. It does. It does. It does. Oh. Yeah. That's how I got here. The show <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Air Asia. You know, um Noral and Chill brought to you by Air Asia. <laughs> literally. Um, um Yes, so Hustler, mm-hmm. we won't be able to watch it. Um, obviously, we will have to go to Singapore. It's not really that far, mm-hmm. but you know, you just have to pay four hundred ringgit for. <laughs> That's for true. You play. Film. You pay uh, gold class prices for regular economy seating in a <laughs> movie theater in Singapore. But yeah, but you know, but I I was made to understand that the the, the experience uh, of watching film in Singapore at the cinema. It's actually mm-hmm. it's a great experience. Yeah, it definitely is. I think they are way more Respect. strict. Yeah, they, yeah, that the great word. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I feel like people do not do when it comes to watching a movie in KL or Malaysia, I think in general, like the respect of going to watch a movie. I don't it's know like, how is, much I have to censor this part. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's just more of like, it's not your living room, people. Like, do not yeah. check your WhatsApp. Don't listen to voice notes in the middle of watching a movie. And don't play mobile games. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was watching Ad Astra and this guy behind me, he was playing mobile gaming and he was telling his friend to attack while he was attacking <sighs> while Brad Pitt is trying to murder someone on Mars. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, another spoiler! Sorry, uh, people. Oh God, my bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> wow. Thank you, thank you. And you are still with me, Jim and Nurel and Chill. That is her handle on Instagram. Yes, Nurel and Chill. Follow her, please. You are listening to Wayang Got What, and we are at the end of the podcast. If you want me to review any movies or TV show, just drop me a DM on our IG. And if you like what I do here, what we do here, do recommend us to your friends. This is Jim signing off to watch more films and... Narelle, thank you so much for listening today. Yes, thank you so much. Wishing you the best experience in your next cinema visit. Support your local cinemas, uh, be it in Malaysia or Singapore. Mm -hmm. And see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.